found on page 1069 of the Bibles next to your seat, as well as on the screen. This is God's Word. And now, brothers and sisters, we want to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with them for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they went beyond our expectations, having given themselves first of all to the Lord, they gave themselves by the will of God also to us. For we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, also if you excel in this grace of giving. I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of, us, of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And here is my judgment about which is best for you in this matter. Last year you were first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work, so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it, according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in return their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality. As it is written, the one who has gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. The word of our Lord.
you go, well, after a few years of this, the local paper, they want their you know, local interest story, they seek somebody out, and our reporters say, well, what's your secret to growing this amazing corn? Uh, do you have a special fertilizer blend that you use? Do you have a special proprietary seed that you know is just yours? And uh, she responded and said, well, the secret is that I do have really good seed, and I share it with my neighbors. I make sure that they plant their fields with the same good seed. So the story was not the ideal in itself, and the crime was covered in this. And uh, I pushed on, and, and she explained that, you know, corn is pollinated by the wind. Uh, when you have a field of corn, it's pollinated by the field next door, uh, and the field on the other side, depending on which way the wind's blowing. He knows that people are trying to grow backyard corn, he planted those big seeds. You know, uh, they didn't grow because there wasn't enough for the wind to pollinate them. Uh, and so there's this, this mixing. It's, you know, your neighbor's field, your field, the wind doesn't know the difference. It's blending them all together. And she said, you know, if my corn's going to be good, my neighbor's corn has to be good. Our, our well-being is tied to each other. And that's what we find in today's passage. Um, we have to get some backstory. We talked about the chapter after this chapter last week. But this week really needs us to go a little bit more into the history. So, as a brief summary, uh, this letter is written to the church in Corinth. Uh, the city of Corinth is in ancient Greece. And uh, the Apostle Paul, who wrote it, was, uh, you know, he was one of the church planter that planted that church in Corinth. He was one of the first people to reach them with the gospel of Jesus, the good news. And he had started that congregation. Um, he wasn't there anymore. He moved on to help start other while he was doing all of this, he also was raising funds to bring back to the home church, the first church that had started in the city of Jerusalem. Um, the Jerusalem church, of course, is in you know, Palestine, that, that region, which had uh, just a crippling famine at the time. It had been going on for a few years, and the people, uh, the, the church there had already had some isolation, they'd had some persecution for Jesus the Nazarene, and now on top of all that, the whole economy was tanking there, that there wasn't enough food, and they were really suffering. So uh, the Apostle Paul had, in the midst of everything else he was doing, he felt that the gospel, the gospel compelled him to collect funds from the different churches elsewhere to bring them back to help support the people there who were struck by famine. Um, and he had, he had a few reasons for doing this. The most pressing reason was that people are hungry and they're in need. also really compelled because the, the Jerusalem church was primarily made up of Jewish churches. Um, the churches elsewhere in Corinth and uh, various other cities were made up of Gentiles. Um, so you had these two different ethnic groups and Paul was really concerned about the gospel's impact on bringing different ethnic groups into one family, the family of God. Um, that there should not be any division between ethnicity by race, that we are one family comes up a lot uh, throughout the New Testament. In the book of Acts, it talks about Paul collecting for Jerusalem. Paul talks about it in his letter to the church in the city of Rome. He talks about it in his first letter to the Corinthians. He talks about it in his second letter to the Corinthians. He talks about it in his letter to the church in uh, Galatia. So he keeps bringing up these different people. He's excited that these different ethnic groups are coming together um, as family. 
mundane, worldly thing, it is a deep spiritual significance. This is what Paul's getting at. That our money is so much of our lives that the way we choose to spend it or the way we choose to not think about spending it um, is reflective of, of our relationship to God and to others. Um, so we have these, these worldly kind of tendencies. And by the way, Someday this may not keep going, so I'm not going to expand my standard of living, but I'm just going to sink this all into investment. Um, and, and the encounter with Jesus changes some of the way we interact with this. It helps us see that we can't just protect ourselves against scarcity. We can't just protect ourselves. Um, I mean, our, our own lives personally feel abundant. We have enough without... Every church to be the answer to this prayer to one another. He's, the, the provision is made 
she just felt really moved by his, his need here. And so she reached out for help in the community. Um, and his, so his bicycle is gone, and that is a survival tool for him. He needs, that's one of the few things he has to help him to get to where he needs to go. Uh, and so somebody in the community said, okay, I know, I'll give him a bicycle of mine to him. Uh, it's not in totally working shape, it needs to be fixed up. So some other people said, okay, we'll fix it up. Um, they worked on it. the work of 